Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Welcome to episode 10. That's it. We made it. We made it. We got to double figures. Um, and also, uh, I now know uh, the number of episodes that uh, we're up to, which is what New York producer has been instructing me to do since episode one. So it only it only took 10 episodes for me to get into that part of the podcast format. Crushing it. I know. Also, um, it's pretty good because the last podcast I did uh, turned out to be so controversial that the company I did it for... Uh, well, we actually we got away with quite a few episodes, and I don't think anyone from the corporate office was paying attention. Um, but one day they did, and they were so horrified, they instructed that every episode should be removed from the interwebs. I'm honestly kind of offended that we haven't been cancelled yet. <laughs> I think that was kind of the goal when we first started this. I have a, a track record of being fired from traditional FM radio and having my podcast removed from the internet. Supposedly the uncensored platform, what I did before, officially too controversial for online. I'm just happy to be here. This is like the lowest point for you, but is the absolute peak for me. <laughs> Next time, I might just move to the deep, the, the, the dark web, right? I <laughs> that's the only place that will uh, that I won't get fired from. So he's Jeremy. I'm Canfield. Uh, welcome to episode 10 of uh, Did You America? Episode 10, which almost didn't happen because uh, Jeremy and I have got um, uh, set days and times at which we record this podcast. Uh, Thursday morning at 10.30 being one of those times. I get a text message from Jeremy at about 9.45 today saying, uh, I might be a bit late. I forgot what day it is. Yeah, that doesn't happen to you every once in a while? I'm the one with no job and <laughs> in theory, no schedule. So if anyone were to forget which day it is and be excused, it could be me. You still have gainful employment. Now, I've got this theory, right? I, I Because the other thing with Jeremy, as much as I like working with him, is I send him text messages and the amount of times I just don't hear anything back for several days, it, it's led me to two theories. And I, I think I know which one is true now. My first theory was Jeremy's 28. Does that make you a millennial? I'm, I'm absolutely a millennial. Right. So his lack of response on text made me think, he being a millennial and me not being a millennial is my method of communication just too old school for you. And maybe do I need to join TikTok and send you videos to communicate <laughs> between us? Like, I, do I need to work out an interpretive dance for are we good for 10.30 to record tomorrow morning? And if I put that on TikTok, would you respond to me faster than me just texting it? You just, you use these things called words and I don't read words. I read emojis and gifs and memes. My, my second theory was, does he have a heroin problem? Because... <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm thinking, uh, I read this story ages ago that even in the modern day, Keith Richards only uses faxes to communicate, which I think is kind of great. Like he won't touch email that you, if you want to talk to Keith, you have to fax him, but I believe it's been the same for decades. And I'm imagining 1970s smacked out Keith Richards. <laughs> if you sent him, if Mick, if Mick faxed Keith, in February of 1973 and said, I've got some ideas. Shall we get together to do an album? Keith probably faxed back a reply in maybe September 74. <laughs> Look, I'm a, 
I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I'm a healthy man, but yeah, I, I just got the days wrong. You know, I woke up, I thought it was Wednesday. I was sitting back, relaxing, ready to have a nice chill morning. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, I got something to do. Yeah. So the not knowing what day it is, I think that's, you're getting the low grade heroin. <laughs> if you could afford the good stuff that Keith got in the 70s, then you can lose several months. So you don't even know what month it is, but the uh, you're just getting the low grade stuff. I don't think it's current drug use that's doing it. I think it's past drug use. It's really just like souped my brain at this point. I told you, I, I don't remember anything from the year 2010. We were trying to figure out the list of Super Bowl performers. When I saw The Who played in 2010, one of my favorite bands of all time, I was like, when? I don't remember this. And it's because you've lost all of 2010? Yeah, 2010's gone. <laughs> that, was, that was my senior year in high school. I remember one thing. I had knee surgery. Other than that, I could not tell you another story. So it took... So that you blew your knee out, right? Yeah. In college. In high school. Right. Yeah. So basically, it took an enormously painful event, something that might have been comparable with losing a limb for you. To, it took that amount of pain for you to break out of your heroin haze circa 2010. It wasn't heroin. What, mm. I, think it, <laughs> what I think it was is If that, you had the Keith Richards stuff, you could have blown your knee out and not realize you'd done it. Well, I think that the experience of like, you know, when I had the knee surgery, they gave me morphine right before. I think that was so memorable and all the other drugs were so just like average. that I was like, oh, that I remember. To be honest, I would rather you be a, a heroin addict than me have to join TikTok talk so out, out of the For you i'll do it. out of the two out of the two theories as to why you don't respond to texts and you forget which day it is you being on skag is way better than me being on tiktok hey whatever gets me here on time you know the, the only thing i would say is if we're gonna uh, i like the fact that we like this uh, this little podcast that we've only got to episode 10 of I'm comparing it with the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Accurate, right? yeah. So, uh, so if we were gonna, if we were going to extend the comparison, the only thing I would say is that when Keith Richards gave up heroin, those 1980s Rolling Stones albums are very, very hit and miss. Yeah. So I think you should stay on it because I don't want our podcast to get to that kind of like. Huh. I mean, he's got one song that was as good as they used to be, but the rest of it, I'm not so into it. Yeah, we're forever going to be hitting exile on Main Street. Right. You yeah, you'll, you'll forever be like, oh, okay, we had to uh, hold up today's broadcast because Jeremy was too busy using the microphone cable to tie off to shoot up. <laughs> that is a famous thing. I read a quote from, from Mick Jagger where they asked him about the, the trials and tribulations of recording Exile on Main Street in Keith Richards' house in France. And I think he denies that he said this, but he's on record somewhere as saying, well, there were a lot of holdups. Not only were we working on, you know, kind of drug time. Occasionally I'd want to record a vocal and someone would be using a mic lead to shoot up. <laughs> like to find the vein. You know, that really is the best Keith Richards. Now, you know, he's been out doing a bunch of press and he's like healthy, clean Keith Richards. That dude's probably going to die in like a week. Yeah. I say you go back to what got you here in the first place. <laughs> Shooting up Keith Richards. All right. So, uh, yeah. Hero, uh, uh, Keith, um, I think he called you Keith. See, you're, you're morphing into the same thing. Jer I am. Jeremy, um, officially on heroin. Glad no. We <laughs> that's not the headline. <laughs> Jerry forgot what day it is because he used to do drugs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because he forgot all of 2010. Yeah. Talking of which. 
Um, so it was 2010, the Who headlines uh, Super Bowl. I don't remember whether that performance was good or bad. I do, I do remember it happening though. I was not high in, in that year, <laughs> or at least not as high as you. Uh, at right. the time, we're, at the time we're uh, recording this, it's just been announced that the weekend is uh, Super Bowl halftime entertainment for uh, 2021. So for all of you thinking, can't wait for 2020 to finish and 2021 to get so much better. The first indication is it might not. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... I mean, actually, I'm saying this. I will say, I, I The weekend did the uh, I'm so off my face, I can't feel you. No, what's, how's that song go? I can't feel my face because I'm currently on cocaine. I'm not sure. That song. That's the weekend, right? <laughs> yes, okay. Good. So I do know the, the, that song by the weekend. And actually, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, retract my comments because... I've never seen a weekend live show, so it, it might be the most all singing, all dancing, flying through the air, entertaining spectacle like Shakira and, and J-Lo was. Right. I'm going to guess it probably isn't, though. No, I mean, uh, first of all, uh, in terms of Super Bowl per, you know, announcements, this one's a little bit meh. You know, I think, I think everyone always anticipates the... The Beyonce, the Lady Gaga, the Taylor Swift announcement, and so we're we're expecting these huge ultra stars. And you know, The Weeknd's a big star. His latest album's actually really good. It's kind of weird because he's like doing this weird act where he plays like a '80s coked up man who just got beaten up in a street fight when he performed. Oh, so he's like a he he gets into character to perform now. He has been lately. And so I don't know if that's coming to the Super Bowl. Usually they're trying to be a little bit more family friendly, but like is it going to be like an episode of Miami Vice? Is that what you're saying? That's it, really what he's going it, for. We, we were expecting him to sing the song about being so changed out that he's uh, he can't feel his face, but actually he's going to uh, reinterpret a scene from Miami Vice where he plays an 80s coked-up drug dealer. Is that what you're saying? I think that's what we're getting come February this year, yeah. Oh. I just, you know, I think uh, we were talking about this a little bit before, you know, uh, Jay-Z took over... I guess he's now a consultant for the Super Bowl halftime show. He got a lot of the praise for Shakira and J-Lo last year, ending up being a great halftime show where expectations were really low. I think with The weekend, he was just kind of like, well, I'm not going to top that, so let's give them an artist no one cares about, and then we can only go up from here. Right, right. That might be his, uh, his thinking. I, there's a quote from um, Jay-Z regarding uh, his consultancy role in the uh, 2021 Super Bowl. Um, we had this conversation. You can't go to a city, plop a show down, and then leave. At least speak to the community, speak to the guys on the ground organizing things and trying to make things better in that sort of way. Tampa's next, as in the venue for Super Bowl 2021. I love Tampa, but I have no idea who's from there who would perform. So did he start by looking at artists from Tampa and wanting to keep it local. And he didn't find anyone that was suitable for the Super Bowl until he got as far away from Tampa as Canada. Because Canada, <laughs> the weekend is Canadian, right? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was just like, he was looking at Drake and Drake said no. And he was like, well, I've already stuck to a Canadian. I got to go through with it. <laughs> oh, excuse me. That how unprofessional. That's my phone ringing. Wake up. Oh, God. I apologize. I mean, at least I know what day it is. Nah. 
I don't. <laughs> I apologize. I've now switched my phone onto silent. By the way, it said scam. If that was a radio station offering me a job, I'm going to be so pissed off. Oh, no. That's just, I, that's my drug dealer. I put in a scam <laughs> in your phone. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, because you might need a top up during the, just to get through this podcast. Could you just call them back for me? <laughs> the, the funny thing with, uh, with Tampa is I, I've been to Tampa and I actually really liked it. But people outside of Tampa in Florida don't even like Tampa. I will say this, for all of the connotations of Florida and the weird stories that come from there and the notion of Florida man and all of that, right? right? Tampa is the Florida of Florida. <laughs> and th this, this may be why Jay-Z started looking for local Super Bowl talent in Tampa and then the, the, just started getting further and further away and ended up in um in canada because at one time i was uh i was staying in fort lauderdale right i went to florida for iron maiden we've discussed this before most of my global knowledge comes from me going to places because iron maiden were playing there right and they were playing uh one night in fort lauderdale and the, ne the next night in tampa right and I stayed in this really nice hotel in Fort Lauderdale uh, with the band. And uh, did you hear that name drop? You got it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, uh, you know, we had wings and wine on the beach after the show. I'm making it sound romantic. It's like I was dating Iron Maiden for the night. I kind of was. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then the next day, uh, I'm going to Tampa because that's where the next Iron Maiden gig was. So picture this at the, um, the checkout desk of the lovely hotel in Fort Lauderdale. I'm handing over my keys and the lady says, Oh, have a safe flight back to England. And I said, uh, Oh, I'm not going back to England. I'm heading to Tampa. And you should see the way her face changed. And <laughs> she was like, wait, where are you going? I may as well have said, I'm not going back to England. I'm getting on the Jeffrey Epstein Lolita <laughs> Express to fly to Pedophile Island. I might as well have said that. For, she went, you're going where? And I said, I'm going to Tampa. And there was a look on her face that just said, scum, leave now, leave now. So anyway, based on that, and I went to Tampa and it was fine. Um, but uh, people in the rest of Florida, especially over the other side, when you're in the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, kind of look down on Tampa. So there is that. Uh, in defense of Jay-Z, I tried to look up bands that are from Tampa. There's literally none. I tell you the other thing that I did in Tampa, because just by luck, it was coming through town two nights after the Maiden show. Do you remember when... Uh, um, uh, yes. Now who's on heroin? Exactly. <laughs> Charlie Sheen was the ah, name I was looking for. He's on heroin. Well, probably at some point. <laughs> uh, he had that huge meltdown when he got fired from the TV show. And, Winning. Yeah, and, and went and decided that he'd do a spoken word tour to tell his side of the story. That show came through Tampa at the same arena two nights after Maiden. If there was any, any area to see that Charlie Sheen train wreck, surrounded by Charlie Sheen fans. It was Tampa. That was when I came up with the notion, 
wow, Tampa is the Florida of Florida. <laughs> if the NFL has any balls, they hire Charlie Sheen for the <laughs> halftime show. Just get him yayoed up and let him go. Talk all that tiger blood shit. But anyway, so the, the you know the weekend, you're thinking that it's a deliberate ploy by uh, Jay Z to basically lower our expect um, expectations. So when it's an all singing, all dancing show with circus acts flying through the air, everyone's going to go, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, again, like you know, I like the weekend. It's just it wouldn't be my first choice. I just think if we get his new. I'm a 80s coked up drug dealer who just got beaten up in a street fight type performances. This is going to be a Super Bowl like none other. Here's an idea. So if he's doing a new, let's call it musical interpret, he's going to do Miami Vice the musical. Yeah, that's right, basically for the what he's doing. But what do the halftime shows like to do in more recent times they announce one artist and then they and then suddenly another artist gets involved, artists, right? right Miami Vice was kind of famous for casting musicians in guest roles I can't definitely Phil Collins put some money on this the weekend in about 2 weeks time is going to announce that Phil Collins is going to be the special guest for his halftime show because they're going to and I don't even know what happened because I don't think I've even seen it it's just one of these things I've read about Phil Collins was a guest star in Miami Vice. What? And Whoa. Glenn Fry from the Eagles. Oh, he's dead. Ah, damn it. There must be another one. Okay. His this, son. His son can perform. This is Remember where you heard it first. In so much as uh, last week we had the world exclusive that the new Daniel Craig movie is going to be a Bond remake of, of Sean Connery's Never Say Never Again. The exclusive news, The weekend will be doing the halftime Super Bowl show with Phil Collins doing a musical version of Miami Vice, the episode that starred Phil Collins. That's crazy. I'm all for it. <laughs> There's some other uh, music news uh, that has broken in the last couple of days as well. What do we think about um, Ticketmaster planning on bringing back live events for 2021? But you have to prove that you don't have coronavirus before you go into the building. So you're going to have to prove that you either have taken the vaccine uh, when a vaccine becomes available or that you've had a recent coronavirus test. Otherwise, you can't get to see the show. So I guess we're just never having shows again, right? I would imagine that is going to be the reaction from most people because I've already had uh, some of my friends going, this is outrageous. This is just another way of controlling the masses. You know what I think it would start? We're going to get the uh, live music version of speakeasies where you used to have to <laughs> go to secret locations and knock on the door with a, with a code word during uh, prohibition to get booze. So you're going to have some ultra liberal uh, act who's, yeah, it's fine. We're going to share everyone's information. We're going to make sure that you're COVID tested. We're going to make sure that you've had the vaccine right in some big ticket master venue. And then right around the corner in a, a, the new version of a live music speakeasy, Ted Nugent is doing a secret show and you've got to have like a secret code word to get in. I. I'm, I'm about that more than having to get tested just to go into a show, honestly. I would like to see Ted Nugent in an underground layer as opposed to, you know, like Cowboy Stadium. Right. Yeah. 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 I, the people that came up with all of those ideas for um, like the Daft Punk uniforms must be so pissed <laughs> off. Do you remember there was right. a period of time for a few months where everyone was coming up with a way that we could not contract coronavirus 
and enjoy live music. And it basically, if it wasn't socially distanced shows, it involved you dressing like Daft Punk in some sort of outfit. And, and I think people were really thinking, oh my God, this is going to be like if we'd have invested some money in Netflix back in the day. The future's here. We're going to invest in these outfits and we're going to make millions and millions. And suddenly everyone's forgotten about them. And well, we've moved on to maybe you have to prove you haven't got COVID before you go into the gig and into a world of underground illegal. It's going to be like the new illegal EDM shows. Can you imagine? Like It, it used to be uh, illegal EDM shows used to be like uh, people who were of uh, college age getting together in uh, secret locations, getting off their tits on E. Now it's going to be a bunch of 60-year-old Republicans in Stars <laughs> and Stripes t-shirts going, yeah, man, Ted Nugent! Still a ton of glow sticks next to C, but different crowd, <laughs> different crowd. I just, you know, I don't understand, like, what's Ticketmaster tripping about? Like, have they not seen all the celebrations in the street? Coronavirus is over. Oh, Jeremy, I told you to stop making this podcast. <laughs> You're coming in here with your Republican ways. <laughs> All I know is, you know, eh, don't cough on me. I'm trying to rock out here in Mosh Pit. I think we'll be fine. <laughs> right, yeah. All right, I have an update on um, the Song of the Week votes. Um, also, it's a ton of music news uh, today because a German court has ruled that techno is real music. I have some thoughts on that. And also, um, while we're talking about... Um, Technology may be bringing music back. It's one thing to be rallying against uh, giving your medical details to some kind of online forum so you can attend a, um, a Live Nation show in uh, 2021. But what do we think about a company creating deep fake songs, as in they'll use artificial intelligence to create new music by pre-existing artists because in some cases i think it may be for the best it's coming up in part two just uh for balance um we were talking about the weekend being the super bowl halftime show and uh, jay-z's being consulting um he did say previously that he was looking at local talent from tampa um and it seems like he couldn't find any um jeremy just did a little search and has got a list of uh local uh, bands to that side of Florida. I don't know why none of these uh, were considered for a 2021 Super Bowl halftime show. Well, based on the names, I'd say that these are the hardest metal bands in the history of the genre. Okay, give me give me some. Come okay, on. how about Deicide? Oh, Deicide. Deicide are so heavy that their lead singer uh, burned an inverted cross into his forehead. Wow. That's Fact. That's uh, that's terrifying. Yeah. So uh, they didn't want him. I no, I have a friend who's a rapper who he has a cross tattooed in between his eyes, and once he got that, I was like, oh no, we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> but that's a tattoo. This was a guy who did the branding. Yeah, that's of a terrifying. Inverted cross. Okay. Next. So their side okay. we don't want. Okay. Obituary. Oh, okay. Iced Earth. Uh huh. And uh, Nocturnus. Nice. Those are just like. I, you know what? I think I'm right in saying that Cannibal Corpse are from Florida. Cannibal Corpse? C Google Cannibal Corpse. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain that they are from Florida. This actually does remind me that um, what tended to happen was in Miami, you've got... it's that's, From Tampa. Yeah! 
Buffalo born Tampa Rays. Oh, come on, Jay-Z. You went on record saying that you wanted a band from Tampa to do the halftime Super Bowl show and you couldn't get Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse was the scariest Google search I've made in quite some time. Cannibal Corpse, by the way. I'm about to say something controversial, but uh, it's but it, but it's only it's a song name. All right. This is this is and we'll just I'm just gonna say it once and we won't dwell on it because it's potentially the most offensive song name ever but they do genuinely have a song called entrails from a virgin's cunt oh wow you didn't want to hear that mashed up with jay-z at the super bowl 2021 halftime show i say let's get it on the books right now (laughs) that screams nfl and disney i do think that the uh what happened in uh, florida because you've reminded me there are a load of death metal bands that come from the tampa side of florida um and, and and it's almost like the kids that grew up there that became um, became members of death metal bands, they're just rebelling against having Disney on their doorsteps. So they, <laughs> they, they either went for Mickey Mouse or they went for Satan. Right, right? there's no in-between. And then you go to the other part of uh, Florida, the other main part, and, and it's Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and everything is about the EDM. So one side is literally going, oof, 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 oof. And then the other side is Cannibal Corpse performing the aforementioned most offensive song title of all time. See, I have like a weird relationship with EDM because, okay, we've we've now broken into where we're just going to tell all my druggy past on this podcast. You did but. say that you've come to your, you're now at peace with the fact that your mom is listening and she's going to hear, as, as Jeremy called it, his true grime. So in high school, I did a lot of ecstasy. Right. And, you know, with ecstasy comes EDM music. And so... You know, I had a bunch of friends who were aspiring DJs, producers. We'd go to the, you know, dance club on weekends and EDM was everywhere. And so in my little circle, like dubstep was a huge thing. And, you know, there's plenty of it I would jam out to back in the day. And I got to tell you, if I even hear that music now that I don't do ecstasy, I... I I can't stand it. I can't listen to it at all. Uh, when I spent some time in Miami, and uh, literally it was 45 minutes, because the only time I've been in Florida was when I went for those Maiden shows. Um, and I flew into Miami and then drove to Fort Lauderdale. But even just the 45 minutes that I spent in Miami, it was impossible to avoid the oomph, 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 oomph. And then in Fort Lauderdale, because did I mention I was staying with Iron Maiden? I joined the two. You oh, hear that? name, you hear that drop. name drop? We should have a sound effect for that yeah. as well. Um, I uh, at one point we got a boat out onto the water. You couldn't escape the oomph, 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 even when you were on a boat. Wow. Right? And it looks beautiful, and the weather is great. Miami and Fort Lauderdale. If you could put them on mute, it would be an amazing part of America. But I, but I need to mute what's going on. Right. Even like even when you're walking through the city, there's definitely just noises at all times. As long as you can just like you know just turn it down a few notches. Like hey, I, I Miami's left, the place to be. I left dry land and I could still hear it from a boat. You couldn't escape it. So the the other news that kind of ties into this is that uh, techno now officially is music. And this has been a, a long-running debate. Um, Germany, which just loves techno, uh, a, a German cult has now ruled uh, that techno is music. And, and I remember when I was a kid and uh, what became known as EDM first came out and then it kind of like turned into to, to techno. Um, first of all, anything that was a, a music that was made electronically 
was considered by older people not to be real music because if it wasn't a band with a singer and a guitarist, etc., it, it wasn't acceptable, right? Yeah. Um, and then EDM became a thing and people were accepted that that was a way to make music and that DJs would go out to clubs and stuff. And that was what people were rebelling against because people started making music based on other people's music, right? But I, and I was like a kid when that started. And, and although that wasn't my genre of music because I love rock and metal I would still say but there's a talent in that the way that they would mix things right. and, and DJ live and, and and such like um but the point at which and maybe this is just me becoming an old man that I said okay no this is just ridiculous now there's no talent in this is that when technology got to a place where if you were going to be a DJ and play live and we know lots of people can make millions from that you didn't even have to play the records anymore or do the mixes. You just press play on a laptop, right? <laughs> right. So it's kind of a, it's been simplified, especially the live performance. Now, there are some DJ producers who will mix live, but for the most part, like you're, you're really, for these big name producers that are putting out their own songs, they're essentially being paid to DJ parties when they go out on tour. Right. But I, I went to uh, Vegas with some friends once who had a, an, an in with um, uh, Calvin Harris, and we got a, a VIP booth at whatever club it was that he was doing. Name drop. Yeah, I guess so. That's the famous I, person you were with. Well, no, I wasn't with him. Someone I knew knew his people and we could get to it. Because I basically said, if you think I'm going into a fucking Vegas club with Calvin Harris, like with all those other people, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and my buddy goes, no, 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 no. I'll get us a booth. So there'll at least be some degree of separation okay. from the, you know. Anyway, even with a VIP booth, and I was probably only, we were basically in a booth next to the DJ box that Calvin Harris was in doing his thing, right? Yeah. So I guess that was pretty VIP, do the plop. Bloop. Yeah. Even in that circumstance, I lasted 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I, it, it was just, oh, I, 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 I just don't get it. But during the 15 minutes that I observed Calvin Harris, and I'm going to do air quotes now, working, <laughs> it was pretty evident to me and again, I don't begrudge anyone making loads of money because I'm a big fan of capitalism. So good on you, Calvin Harris. But you are probably on a, a set, at least million dollar contract to play this club each weekend. And your work, air, air quotes again, was literally just you pressing a button to play stuff from a laptop, making out you were doing stuff and waving your hands in the air. His work was pressing play and waving his hands for about an hour. In defense of him and all the other DJ producers out there, I am very good at air DJing. So like you have the people who can air guitar, air drum. That's essentially what they are doing is they're just air musicians. Yeah. You know? They hit play and they, they put their hands up in the air and, you know, they, they act like they're twisting around mobs. They're not touching anything. Around the time that the, the, the technology got to a place that everything could just be on a, a USB stick or just be streamed, have you ever noticed that that also coincided with the time that Calvin Harris became a model and got really fit? <laughs> and, and I think what that was was his management said, look, we can earn you extra money if you want to take all your clothes off. Um, 
but you need to, you need to get fitter. But let's be honest, you can go to the gym because you've got fuck all else to do. Because mm. you're now you now don't have to have any kind of creativity. You just have to wave your hands in the air. So how about when you're not in the club, you wave your hands in the air while you're holding weights, and then we can get you a career <laughs> as a model, and then everything's good. Yeah, don't get fat. Wear this suit. You'll be fine. Right. Exactly. There you go. I just you know I don't understand. Like I don't think it's fair that Germany get to make that decision that techno is music. Because as you said at the start, like they're They've always been kind of, you know, coincide with the genre. That would be like if Texas decided like barbecue ribs are salad, you know, like <laughs> we don't get to make that decision. The world gets to make that decision. Right. Also, isn't Ge uh, Germany famous for having techno clubs that are open for days in a row? Um, like, no, as a Jewish person, Germany is really only famous for that. <laughs> I think I'm right in saying that that that's like they open on a Thursday evening and they just stay open till Monday morning. And Sounds about they, right. There's Nazi bastards. <laughs> oh my god! And uh, <laughs> but my point being, you've taken it to a whole yeah, other, by that. <laughs> taken, it to, <laughs> taken it to a whole other place now. But my point being. That, that would suggest that, as you said, the sort of the drug culture goes along with EDM music, right. that, that basically not only do you have to be off your tits, you have to be in the environment for three days in a row until it becomes, oh, now I think it's good. So I would suggest that it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome situation. <laughs> you have to be in that kind of environment where you've got to be out of your mind for three days in a row. And if you start on, well, even more than three days, when the club opens on Thursday night and you stay there till you have to go to work on Monday morning, by Monday morning, suddenly techno makes sense to you. <laughs> you just define Coachella. <laughs> right. <laughs> Germany or Coachella? Yeah, that's another thing that America made better, apparently. What's that? Uh, I guess just like three-day drug binge festivals. Right, absolutely. I mean, for a start, I never saw David Hasselhoff turn up with a kit car to any UK festival. So that means Coachella wins as far as I'm concerned. And also, uh, Calvin Harris. If you Google Calvin Harris and see what he looked like, you don't need to do it, just take my no. word for it. Well, you can if you want. <laughs> I'm not doing that. See what he looked like when he was a guy from Scotland still living in the UK and having hits in the UK. Oh. Right. Then he moved to America and suddenly became so much better. He looks like it, when he was in the UK, he, right, there you go. Oh my God. Right, yeah. He's a nerd. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess that does kind of make sense. You don't get into the technology-based music without having like a little bit of nerdiness. Yeah, but, but again, he, he moved to America and completely changed his appearance. Uh, Calvin Harris, another example of the Brussels sprout syndrome. <laughs> it started in the UK and then a proper country made it better. Calvin Harris is a living Brussels sprout. <laughs> that, maybe that's the title of this, this episode. <laughs> Make a note of that, because I'll yeah. have forgotten it by the time we finish. Uh, by the way, didyouamerica.com, while we're talking of uh, all things American, that is where you need to go for all the information uh, relating to this show. Do check out our um, T-shirts. They are in stock now. They are high-end quality. They have uh, America, the word, in bright American flag colors. They come with a tag that says Camfield, America, F-Yeah. Uh, and uh, value for money at didyouamerica.com. 
I, I, I thought to mention this um, because I also I had a conversation with a New York producer on text this morning about the fact that because scented candles are one of my favorite things, um, we're going to do only a limited run of T-shirts. So get them while you can. But the plan for the next piece of merchandise, scented candles for Digi America that will have the scent of freedom. Whoa. Yeah. So what, that's like sweat and barbecue sauce? Well, we'll work on what the scent is, <laughs> but I, but just as a marketing ploy, Digital America cam, uh, Digital America candles, the scent of freedom. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good on you, uh, Calvin Harris for becoming a, a human Brussels sprout. Now one area, and we'll get to, by the way, the, uh, song of the week votes in uh, just a second. Cause, uh, I know people have been voting for that at digiamerica.com. Um, one other piece of uh, music news that I want to uh, cover on today's episode, which I do think is good is there is a new company that are creating deep fake songs. So it's been a thing in videos. Uh, but we've now got the ability to start dealing with deep fake music. And it's basically um, the concept that you use artificial intelligence to create new music by pre-existing artists. And for as much as I've been saying that, you know, there was a time when people didn't think that anything electronic should be considered music and Calvin Harris is earning millions by just waving his hands in the air. Years ago when you had that opinion. Years ago when I had that opinion, yes. See, again, because Jeremy's on heroin, he doesn't know that I had that opinion 10 minutes ago. It Wait, seems what? Like... <laughs> it, it seems like it was years ago. I'm not necessarily adverse to this idea based on the fact that this company have already made music that sounds like certain artists. And in, to be honest, in this list, they do say Ed Sheeran and Katy Perry. And, and for that, I'm a bit, well, the real thing is probably better. But they have used artificial intelligence to make new music that sounds like, okay, I'm going to say something controversial, Elton John and Paul McCartney. And I'm thinking that... AI Paul McCartney in 2020 may well sound better than a new Paul McCartney album in 2020. Whoa, shots fired, man. I mean... Are they though? Yeah, I get you. Well, that, that, here's my example. Do you remember when um, COVID was at its height and there was that big um, live but at home charity gig? I forget, I forget what it was called, right, but, right. but they, they did a great job of getting some of the world's biggest artists to perform on Zoom and then people watched it and, and we raised money for uh, a finding a vaccine. Right. So that was a great thing to pull off. Two of the worst performances in that gig were from Paul McCartney and Elton John. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, they, they, I'm going to say something controversial. <laughs> Grip hold of something firm. I got my cancel button for the third time this episode. <laughs> They sounded terrible. Oh no! And they they did, <laughs> and when I was watching it, and I I don't want them to sound terrible. I want I've got nothing against either of those artists. I can't. I like the fact they're still alive and they still have a, a creative urge. Paul McCartney just sounded like way off key. Elton John sounded as if he hadn't put his singing teeth in oh, no. because he he. I, 
He was trying to do I'm Still Standing, and it was coming out as... Right? And I was like, oh my God, someone tapping on the shoulder and go, Elton, wrong teeth. Or in fact, maybe no teeth. (laughs) Now, in in defense of Paul, I can see where you take the shots at, you know, wanting an AI uh, Elton John, but AI Paul McCartney already exists because, you know, Paul McCartney died in the 70s. Oh, I forgot about that conspiracy theory. Yeah, so we already have AI Paul McCartney. (laughs) So deep faking him is going to be so easy. Okay, so what you're saying is artificial intelligence isn't good enough because if it was, the the already fake Paul McCartney would have been better. Well, it's malfunctions. He's on the old model, you know. Paul McCartney (laughs) 3.5, look out. He needs an update, right? (laughs) Whoever's controlling the Paul McCartney AI, stop not doing the up the overnight updates because we need to get it. We need to get it up to speed. I. um, th- those performances uh, that t- t- together at home or whatever it was called made me think, well, either uh, Paul McCartney and Elton John are just having a, a really bad night or have they been sounding like this for years? And just when you go to the Vegas show, you don't get it because the big difference was, it, it, you know, when there were live events, if you went to one of their gigs, they would be on a huge stage with probably 10 other people around them. And maybe because of that, you don't notice that in the middle of the ensemble, Elton John is actually going, (laughs) but when there isn't that around them and it was just them at home zooming, that's actually kind of like where they are, you know? Right, not only that, like with the zoom, you you get like close-ups of their face, you really see what they look like, where both of them are such big musical acts that wherever they're performing like they're not on at the venue where the stage is right there next to right, them. right they're like 50 feet from the closest crowd member so no one knows what they actually look like another theory i have which is a throwback to something we were discussing a couple of episodes ago is so my two things with them are i think elton's got a tooth problem and Paul McCartney, if you were going to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe it's that his face has had so much Botox that it can't move and he needs a, a degree of flexibility within his face to hit certain notes. I'm not a singer, so I don't know, but I would imagine to sing in different keys and those harder to hit notes, your face needs to be able to move to a certain extent with your larynx, and he just ain't got that ability anymore. Yeah, I think it just might honestly be time for Paul McCartney to no longer focus on being the world's most beloved musician and just becoming the world's most beloved human. Like, he's kind of taken over now for Alex Trebek in that, uh, like, Mr. Rogers, nicest guy on earth mold. Maybe you take Paul McCartney, because he's always done the the peace sign with with his hands, right? Take Paul McCartney to what the royal family did with the Queen Mother when she was alive, when he's no longer able to perform or speak, he just waves. (laughs) My theory with the Queen Mother was always that A, she was drunk, so they were scared that she was going to say something inappropriate, because every so often, Prince Philip says something terribly racist. So imagine how bad the Queen Mum must have been with with those dated views. Plus, she was famous for liking a drink. I also think that she was the generation before they perfected the royal way of speaking. So if you listen to the queen, she talks like this. She's very well-spoken. And uh, Harry and William are quite well-spoken. I've got this theory 
that the Queen Mum was like drunk and she used to talk like this. And they were really concerned that when media in the 80s and the 70s got to a place where there were a lot of cameras around, she'd be a bit tipsy and sounding like this and probably say something terrible about the blacks. <laughs> so, and I'm not saying, of course, that Paul McCartney has a drink problem or is racist, but for the purposes of maybe there's not a lot of voice there because he doesn't have facial movements as an ability anymore. <laughs> what you're saying is, we just move Paul McCartney into the Queen Mum role where he, rather than waving, he just gives the peace sign. Just right? be happy and smile. You made it. <laughs> there could be that. There could be something in that. So my theory with uh, uh, um, Elton, though, was not that it was a problem that there's too much Botox because it was just the way that he sounded. I think it's a teeth problem. And as I said, going back to a, a couple of episodes ago, I also floated the theory that the idea that Sean Connery could only speak in a Scottish accent, even famously in The Hunt for Red October when he was playing a Russian, was that also to do with his teeth? Because not only was he always Scottish, he always had a shh, shh, shh going on. And I think that suggests a tooth problem. And my thing with Elton, also a tooth problem, what do Elton John and Sean Connery both have in common? They sorted their hair. So maybe Elton John famously had a hair transplant. Sean Connery was rocking wigs since James Bond. Did they spend so much money on their hair that they went to the same cheap dentist and that goddamn dentist made it so that Sean Connery couldn't do accents and Elton John now can't sing? See, I figured it was just like whatever the wig glue they're both using or were using is uh, is clearly causing this list. <laughs> it's having some strange effect where like it's dripping into their brains and turning this musical master into a, a lispy weirdo. All right. Well, maybe. So, yeah, I, I'm telling you, controversially, uh, the idea that uh, you could get new music from some very old artists, A.I., may make better new music than the the actual artists themselves, perhaps. Just an idea. Um, let's do a quick roundup of uh, Song of the Day before we're done with this episode. Didyouamerica.com, the place to go to if you want to be on the show, if you want to message us, or if you want to vote for Song of the Day. Song of the Week, what I was calling it Song of the Day. Yeah, I was weirded out by that. You know what it is? It's all that fucking heroin smoke. I'm, get, I'm, get, you <laughs> I'm come, sorry, man. You come in here with your bad habits. I'm getting, I'm getting passively strung out. I also put some in your drink. <laughs> I want you on this journey with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, the next episode will be recorded in about six years when I come down from this trip. But it's all right. It will be our exile on Main Street. <laughs> All right, so uh, Genocidal Humanoids by System of a Down is my choice for uh, Song of the Week. 61.9%. I don't like where this is heading. New York producer was coming in with a suggestion of Heartbreak of America by Lovely the Band. 33.3%. Oh, no. Jeremy, standing up for all Liverpool FC fans, that's soccer, uh, with uh, Brittany Howard's version of the Liverpool FC anthem, You'll Never Walk Alone, 4.8%. I don't understand how so many people are listening to this podcast when they don't have ears. <laughs> you don't have ears, people. Well, also, 
everything I said about Liverpool on the previous episode. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, probably I, didn't help. I had to think we're probably, they're probably starting a campaign, certainly that I should never be allowed into Liverpool again and maybe not back into the whole of the UK. You know how some people, if they do great things, they get the key to the city? Right. Whatever the opposite of that is, that whatever the inverse of having the key to the city is, Liverpudlians would probably be campaigning for that to be me because I said that they were ugly last and, time. Instead, you just get pooped on by the whole city. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, Genocidal Humanoids by System of a Down, You'll Never Walk Alone by Brittany Howard, or Heartbreak of America by Lovely the Band. Get your Song of the Week votes in digiuamerica.com. Also the place to go to if you want to talk to us. If you want to be on the show, just click on that and then you can talk at your device and we'll, um, we'll get some audio of you on the show or if you want to communicate with the show then uh, do send us a message. People have been doing that. Again, uh, I apologize that we are out of time, um, but I will get around to some of your messages. We'll, we'll make a concerted effort uh, to do it on uh, the next episode, which if you're listening in some kind of real time, uh, will be out on Monday afternoon. So do communicate with us via the website. We are reading all the messages. We appreciate the feedback and I will get to some of your messages on the podcast. Digiamerica.com for that. Buy some t-shirts. Because as soon as we're sold out t-shirts, forthcoming, Did You America Candles, the scent of freedom. <laughs>